Welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel. I am your host today. Alongside me, I have the Shay himself, Shabazz. Hello. Is it me you're listening for? Ooh, I got to I put it. a little spin on you there for a, you. You surprised me. I surprised myself. I like it. Jay, how's your week going? Uh, well, Raptors are still the champions. So they are. I'm they haven't taken it away from us They yet. haven't taken it away yet. They, yeah. They, yeah they, the refs <laughs> haven't come out and said, no, wait, hold on. Hold on one second. Game three. <laughs> Kawhi sneezed too loud. Oh, so it's okay. 40 points away from you guys. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, it's I'm still I'm doing great, man. Anthony's <laughs> still not here yet. So this is one of those. This is a light podcast, I guess you could say. And it's it's is it heavy when Anthony's here? Is that, is I, that I think so because he brings so much. Um, he brings aggression. With he, him. <laughs> <laughs> he brings the hot takes. He brings so many hot takes. So many hot takes. Just thermal event everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, as always, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast across your favorite podcast services. Like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're everywhere. If we're not there, let us know and we'll get there. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, write into this time with com slash talk. Send us your corrections, your movie suggestions, all of the above. We still haven't been proved wrong on something yet. No, no one's corrected us we're yet. We're not wrong on anything. And I know I slip in a mistake here once in a while. Right. To see if people will correct just, us. You're just testing the audience. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? Let's not, y'all, y'all let's not do it like that. You know, let's, no. we, have a, we have a great audience. Thank you yeah. so much to everybody who's rated us on, in iTunes as well. Huge. If you haven't yet, please do so. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we have a bunch of news and trailers and things to talk about today. But before we do all that, we have some questions. We do have some questions. Awesome. So let's get to them. Also, one more thing I want to add. Sure. You can catch a new episode also on YouTube. Oh. If you want to watch us and see us instead of hearing our sultry, sultry voices. You can see our sultry and sad faces. And stuff. Yeah. You can see the depression that goes behind the voice. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason why this is an audio-only show for so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our first question comes from Lynn, and she says, You guys spoke about a few Disney shorts that appear before movies in the last podcast. That's right. We did. What is your favorite Disney Pixar short? Side note, even I struggled to pick one. Paperman, Lava, Bao, Inner Workings, La Luna. Yeah, this is hard. LOL. Lynn says that. Not mm. me. Shay, where do you what is your where do you stand on this? So when I look at Disney Pixar shorts, um I love Lava. Yeah. But I, I have a dream. No, it's really good. Wow. Thank you. It's as if you were the volcano. Thank you. Um, I've been known to erupt time and time again. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I mean, once in a while. Don't, yeah, don't. They just Wait a second. <laughs> uh, but I'm a little ba- biased. Bowist? Bowist. Oh, I, th- I thought you were trying to do a play on words. I thought there. I, you know what? I was. I was. I'll, I'll allow it. December.com slash talk. <laughs> um, I think Bow is, is, is one of my favorites. And, and, and the reason why is, again, it, it takes place in Toronto. Yeah. So that was huge. Uh, Domi Shi, the director of Bao, um, she also graduated from Sheridan College, yep. and, which is right here in the great city. So that to me is one of my favorites. When I look outside of Disney Pixar shorts, I think of ones like Paper Man. Paper Man is a beautiful film. Such <clears throat> great, a beautiful film. great short. Blue Umbrella Blue is Umbrella. another great one as well, too. Yeah, so these these shorts were great, and they're outside of the Disney Pixar area. Right. Uh, but what about yourself? Uh, say, I'm very much the same as you. Like The thing I love so much about the Pixar shorts is that this, uh, like Pixar doesn't necessarily stick to their like known art style for them. You have something like Jerry's Game, which is very much in the Pixar realm, and Bounden and all those. But then you also have Piper, and you have Day and Night, not the Kid Cudi song, <laughs> Day and Night, um, that are just like mind-blowingly beautifully animated and 
they tell such rich stories in such a short amount of time. And it's like nobody nobody does it like Pixar. No. Um, Got a little fun fact about Jerry's game. Oh, tell me, yeah. So Jerry's yeah. game is the one where he's playing chess yes, against himself, right in front of a Bug's Life. And yeah. this is the so Bug's Life was the second film to come out right after Toy Story. The second, yeah. Well, the first film. Well, to the come first. Out sorry, after. the first film to come the out. The second after, movie to come out. of Pixar. Second Pixar film, but yeah. first one after Toy Story. And uh, at this time, obviously, Pixar is still a brand new company. They're super small. Right. They're they're going full steam ahead with with the Bug's Life, and then they're asked to do uh, Toy Story two. So Bug's Life came out in ninety eight. Yes. Toy Story two is ninety nine. Obviously, right. we know these films take about three to four years to make. Now. John Lasseter and the company weren't feeling Toy Story 2 so much from the production that they'd done. So right around January or December of 98, basically, um, they, well, 98 December or 99 January, they scrapped about 90% of Toy Story 2. Damn. And decided to rebuild and remake the film by the, it's November release. Right. So that's, that's like what, eight, nine months. Yeah, it's a very it's short a amount of time. Yeah, especially for an animated movie in 1998. Which takes about three to four years again. Remember to that. render, I think, a frame. Right. So yeah. um, they used a lot of different assets. So Jerry's Game, for example, they used Jerry, who was in... Uh, Toy Story 2 as the cleaner. Yeah, the one who st- uh, polishes Woody polishes up and Woody's makes him. So they used his game. assets again. And yeah. uh, the scene in space with Buzz with the video game, um, a lot of that space in Moonrock and the crevices in the, in the canyons is all from Aunt, uh, from uh, Bugs Life. That's amazing. Uh, and then the tree that is from Sarah McLaughlin's She Loved Me. <laughs> what song is it again? I, I ruined the song so badly When there. Somebody Loved Me. When Somebody Loved Me. Everything was beautiful. The tree from that song yeah. is actually from A Bug's Life as well. All right. That's you know, why love. I cried both times when I saw it. A little fun fact there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the thing that's I love about Pixar too is that they're known to have so many of these little Easter eggs uh, throughout 100%. their films, right? Like, well, I just found out recently that Duke Kaboom was in Incredibles 2. He was in, like, uh, Jack-Jack's uh, playpen. Yeah, Duke Kaboom from Toy Story 4, yeah. Duke Kaboom! Let's Kaboom. <laughs> yes, I, Canada! Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for the question. Uh, let's get into our next question, shall we? Yeah. Get ready for a hot take. Oh, Because I got... Shay, put on your oven mitts. I've got my mitts on. Because this is coming right out of the oven. Oh, it's hot. Josh writes in and says, What's a movie that was well-received, but you absolutely hated? Oh, my goodness. Example. I think Gravity is probably the worst movie of all time. That's Josh saying this. This is Josh's take. This is not mine. I am wearing my flame retardant suit right Buddy. now. Because that is a hot take. Buddy, that is that is warm to the that touch. Is, that is <laughs> yeah. a little That is a little like lava. exit the building. Like that, Pull the yeah. fire alarm. That is oh Exit to the back door. <laughs> Save the children. <laughs> that is that is intense. Um all right. Well, here's the thing. When when we talk about films that we absolutely hate it. Right. I... I tend to feel like we're not alone in that. No. Right? No. And I, and I think when I look back at it, films that I've hated are typically films that aren't well-received or well-liked. Right. Uh, films that are well-received that I didn't enjoy is probably the more correct question for me here. For sure. Because... I, the I, best way for us to approach this question. Right. Because even if a film is super well-received... 
I didn't like it. I can still find something in it that I know was well done. For sure. Or is a technical achievement. Sure. Or is some sort of a writing achievement. Okay. But I won't walk out hating it. So uh, if I look back at um, The Hateful Eight, for example. Tarantino's last Tar- film. Tarantino's last film, right. That well, yeah, have, he hasn't had anything else since not, then, right? Not since then, Wow, right? since 2015. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that movie... I did not like at all. Yeah. I walked out of it. You were one of the eight people who hated it. Exactly. Yeah. I just did not like it at all. It right. didn't vibe with me. But I can appreciate someone trying to convert a stage play into a film. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography is beautiful. beautiful. The, the acting, acting is well. The acting is amazing, too. Um, but just because you have those elements doesn't mean you're making a good movie, right? Right. For sure. uh, and then I look back at movies like... Um, Fate of the Furious, super well received as well. Uh, well, I mean, it was like what six, seven, eight. You was getting around there in terms of like fans loving it, and also critics even saying it's a good movie. That is, um, they jumped seventeen sharks in that movie. To me, yeah, it was so mind-numbingly painful. Yeah. I just was like, no, this is not for me. Then I look back at films like The Big Short, which every time I tell people I didn't like The Big Short, they're always like, what's wrong with you? But again, I can appreciate the film because it's got great acting in it. sure. But I I fell asleep during it so many times. Right. Yeah. I mean, Adam McKay, even with Vice, uh, Vice was nominated for a couple Academy Awards this Mm -hmm. year and was nominated for Best Editing which baffled my mind because the the editing in that film was confusing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vice is up there. The Big Short is up there too. Where it's just, I feel like the Big Short. They uh, again, I love Adam McKay, but I mm-hmm. guess his Same. more um, I like his comedy, his financial, political, government movies so far, his dramas, yeah, uh, haven't been like landing for me. Uh, I just think because the Big Short was marketed almost like a Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, and there's some moments of it where they're really trying to make it that, yeah, and I just it just it doesn't make sense, doesn't do it for me. Um, what about you? I'm starting to think of other movies that uh, that are co- that come to mind for this. What about uh, that movie that you were just talking about? Yeah, it's about not a king. It's about a queen. A queen. Just say the movie. <laughs> you know it, man. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, any is minute that a, now, is that, a, is that? Oh yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. A, like, yeah. Here's the thing. I don't hate Bohemian Rhapsody, no. of course. No. Um, but if we change this question, I just think that Bohemian Rhapsody was such a a swing and a miss of what could have been an incredible movie. And yeah. there's no movie I think last year that was more divisive in terms of people loving or hating it. Yeah. Right. The, Bohemian Rhapsody, a biopic, a drama, almost made a billion dollars last year. Crazy. It's at nine hundred and something million dollars, which is shows the power of Queen. I only think. Imagine if it was like a a good movie, an amazing <laughs> good movie. Imagine if it was a good um, movie. How much Rami money Malek, made? Great acting in it. Uh, but I think that movie was held up because of the soundtrack, because it's Queen. Yeah. Right. Anything other than that just hit the wall for me. Like, I think for me, sick. like Rocket Man is. A yeah. hundred times better. Than and it's that crazy because it's the same director right. who took over for Brian Singer who left. Right. It's just crazy that I feel like, uh, you know, Dexter Fletcher was like, now I get to really do really embrace what I want to do. Right? You can you can see his elements in like the for moments sure. of Beaver Rhapsody that are good. I'm sure are Dexter Fletcher, and then everything else was Brian Singer. Yeah, and and people were saying like that movie won best editing. Um, and that movie has a scene in it. Yeah, that, that has like blows my mind. That like thirty cuts in like ten seconds, is. and people were saying that they believe it won best editing because Dexter Fletcher had to come in there <laughs> and put together a movie 
out of just parts of what Brian Singer had made and him filling in the blanks. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that couldn't have, that sh- wouldn't have been easy to do. I just, that movie for me wasn't, it wasn't. It's it. no bueno. Yeah. Uh, but let us know what you think. If you have a movie that was well-received and it wasn't for you, let us know. Write in. Send us some of your hot takes. Yeah, if you hated a film that's super popular, holla at your boys yeah. at the movie podcast. This time with .com slash talk. Yeah. Um, Shay, I think it is time for us to get into the news. I was telling you, we don't need that anything. That is good, we man. Don't that need... was on point. He's going to come back next week and be like, oh, is it the news time? I'm not too sure what's happening. Uh, and like, no, <laughs> Anthony, that's not how it that's goes. Not, is that how it is in California? Because yeah, it's not stupid. here. Stupid. He's in LA. Take us next with you next time, man. You idiots. Uh, our first news comes from... Anthony, damn it! Oh, damn it! <laughs> uh, Anthony D'Alessandro of Deadline. Marvel Cinematic Universe planning a return to Comic-Con Hall H after a 2018 break. That's big. That's huge. That's so, a yeah, big one right there. Last year, we did not have any Marvel at Comic-Con last no. year. They gave us, they basically gave us Infinity War and said, we'll see you in a year. Yeah, we'll see you in hell. Um, so Anthony goes on to say that we're hearing that Disney's Marvel Cinematic Universe is heading back to San Diego Comic-Con after sitting out Hall H last year. While there is haven't been any con- concrete plans made yet in regards to the lineup, it's an important year for the MCU in the wake of Avengers Endgame wrapping up. A number of storylines, plus... Um, the gains? Sorry, plus the gains in the expansion of Marvel with the Disney-Fox merger. Pretty crazy, right? It, it's This is coming after... Two weeks ago, I think we spoke about Warner Brothers not being yeah. at Comic-Con. And yeah. now Marvel's like, guess who's back? Yeah. This is big because, I mean, I, I would have bet all my money that D23 is a place that they would have done what they wanted to do. Yeah, or having their own event. Or having their own event. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if it's not their own event, it would have been D23 because... I feel like Comic Con is one of those places now where it's it's just too crowded, it's too saturated. It's, it's like what E three has become, right? They 100%. want their own PR beats yeah. to come out, right? So that's amazing. I mean, I guess it's not confirmed yet, is it? Well, there have been pictures of Avengers in around San Diego with the Comic Con logo. Okay, so it's like they're advertising Marvel at the Comic Con at Comic Con San Diego. So there hasn't been like an official confirmation yet. But okay. I could assume, I would assume that with the marketing, the banners and stuff it's like pretty, that, it's a pretty good sign. Then, yeah, right? and I mean, there's no bigger stage for them to announce this than no. a Comic Con, right? No, hundred percent. So this is gonna be big. I mean, they've got a lot of plans to kind of like. They've also got these, um, and we've been talking about them before. These castings that have been announced, or yeah, quote unquote announced. Let's let's really you know get to the point here. Like, yeah. what are we actually gonna be seeing? It's crazy. And Black Widow is literally shooting right now in Budapest. But is it actually it's actually shooting, but they haven't confirmed the movie. So it's just it's an interesting turn of events right now. Which spoiler alert, I don't know how they're making this movie. I guess the prequel? I would though, assume it's a prequel. Even though I don't want a prequel. Right. Or what if it's like in another universe? I hope I hope they don't take that route either. I don't take that route either. Let's let's have because these like, to me, matter, like, right? With Black Widow dying, spoiler alert, yeah. in endgame. Um We're two months out. We're, we're two months out, so I don't really care now. Um it you, you, I just don't want to revisit some of those characters anymore. Like, right. I feel like their story arcs are done now. Right. Like, let's let's pass this torch along, yeah. right? For sure. I'm with you. I mean, if the movie comes out and it's great, I, we're 100% with, here for which it. Which it will be. I'm just likely. curious, what is this going to be? Yeah. Right? Um, also, there was word this week that it wasn't like Kevin Feige said that Avengers Endgame was coming back to theaters. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this I as well? I heard about this, yeah. With some new footage. Is, in- this, is this on, like, 
websites for purchasing tickets yet? Or? No, like I, I've been checking like Cineplex here. I, I don't want the Avengers stress again, man. It's I still, did, I've yeah. had such a peaceful sleep. You, you had some PTSD months. when you saw those tickets come back. Um, when I saw, I'm like, oh, Avengers Endgame's coming back to theaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't. I have no idea what this setup is supposed to be. I've been checking websites to see if it's marketed differently at all. Nothing yet. Apparently, it's supposed to be next weekend. I guess the only thing I can think of is they wouldn't market it differently, but it would just be like how when I saw Avengers Endgame about a week or two after um, it came out, yeah. they just had the Spider-Man trailer in front of it this time saying, hey, or at the end of it, sorry, yeah. not in front of it, that had at the end of it saying, hey, stay for the end of the film. Oh, we're drop the, the uh, okay. I'm going to drop the new trailer for Come your eyes if you haven't seen it. Hey, bloody <laughs> hell, you're mate. Hey. And I was like, Why oh. does he sound like a chimney sweep from Mary Poppins? First he, of all, he was doing his best. I'm Dick Mary Van Poppins. Dyke. <laughs> he was doing his best, Dick Van Dyke. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Oh, I think we'll see it. I think we're going to see it still. Even it's like an extra, it's an extra like couple frames. It's of seven like, minutes of a movie, right? Is it? Oh, for of what the end game? Yeah, seven yeah. extra minutes. It's seven extra minutes, but it's at the end. Is it like an after credit? It's it's during the credits. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, again, we don't really know what to expect. How important can it be if it wasn't in the original release? Right. Which everybody saw. Right. Um, and if you haven't yet, what the hell are you doing? Come on. Why are you listening to us? Stop yeah, listening to us. I just pulled Black Widow's death for you. Yeah. You know Let's who else dies? Iron Man. Oh, I was oh, going to say. Who? Our hopes and dreams. Oh. No, yeah. name someone else who dies in, in, in Avengers Endgame. Uh, Cap is on the verge of death, pretty much. He's pretty much he, dead. He's like, as soon as he stands he's up living in America, bench, he doesn't have any health care, so no. he's dead. He And he's like 130 years old now. Yeah. Who else is going to die? Who's uh, dead? Someone else died. Someone else, someone else died in it. No? Who else died in it? I feel like... Oh, dude. Who? Who? Thanos died. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his, his army. His yeah. army blew his army away. army died. Yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah. people died. All right. Well. Welcome to, well, welcome to who, who Died in the <laughs> Avengers Endgame podcast. Um, but yeah. Stay tuned for that. If we do end up watching this, which we most likely will, yeah. uh, we'll be talking about our next episode. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Um, our next story comes from Leslie Goldberg of The Hollywood Reporter. J.J. Abrams' bidding war won by Warner Media as Bad Robot nears $500 million partnership. Again, a couple weeks ago, I think the same episode that we spoke about Warner Brothers, uh, we said that JJ is having a bidding war with Apple and Warner, and it looks like Warner went out. I wasn't here for this one. I think this was you and Anthony. Yeah, this is this was when Anthony was here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he hasn't been back since. Since then, so he's probably out there on a mission trying to get this bidding war. To, to end. Uh, so, following a months long courting process that included multiple suitors. So, so, uh, what is this, Aladdin? Like, what is this? <laughs> Warner Media is in final negotiations for a partnership with Bad Robot, sources say. It's unclear for how many years the new agreement is for, as the deal would keep Abrams with the company he has called home since 2006. Uh, sorry, give me one second. It's not even finalized, yeah? It hasn't been finalized. Sources say that the estimated deal will be close to $500 million. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, there's so many questions for this, too. Like, is this going to make him only be able to release content on the Warner Media platform? Is he still going to be able to work with Disney at all? Like, there's so many questions here. Like, is this like an exclusivity contract? It's interesting. Um, I would have bet more money that um, Apple, Apple would have For sure, because he, he's making a show for Apple. Yeah. So this is huge that Warner Media now, I guess, as the streaming service is kind of coming out. Right. We'll see. Nothing's really been announced in yet. No, but we spoke about a couple shows last yes. week that were on it, but we don't know. We don't know anything yet. We don't know what it is yet. No. You know what I mean? You, so, he wants to end the party at 11. 
What's that reference? It's on social network. Okay, I was asking yeah. the audience. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks for ruining it. Oh, come into this time dot com slash talk. Uh, is that what I sound like? That's what you sound like. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Continue uh, your point, please. <laughs> but it's just, uh, I mean, like again, like these these weird exclusivity deals now with with streaming services. Yeah. Um, it's just um, everybody's planting their. It's flag, giving you know? me that that vibe that I got when we were coming out with music streaming services, and people were like, "No, we have exclusive rights to Frank Ocean's album or Drake's album or, or Jay Z's album, Jay Z's like- album, or so on and so forth." So, um, it's only does it hurts fans. Yeah. So and movies are so much harder to watch if they're on streaming uh, exclusive streaming services. Yeah, right? especially with when region locking. You look yeah. at it like for us in Canada here, it's a bit tough sometimes. Yeah. Like I feel like a third world country where I'm trying to watch a YouTube video and it's like this isn't available like, no, in no, your no, no, no. country. You can subscribe, but you can't watch it. Yeah. Or what's up on Hulu? Like there's so many series that we'll never watch. Yeah. Because we don't have access to. Yeah. At least with music, you you could just pull it up on YouTube and actually hear it because mm. they'll put it to their YouTube, but. To have it on your phone, you have to have a streaming service. But yeah, yeah, it's just it's just it's just an inter- interesting time where everybody's kind of planting their flag somewhere, and we kind of have yeah. to wait to see where this all ends up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, JJ Abrams. Speaking of streaming services, yes, let's continue on. Adam Sandler's murder mystery. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. Oh, you watch it? Okay. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler's murder mystery viewed by thirty point nine million accounts in three days. Netflix claims. This is from coming from Ethan Blessing of the Hollywood Reporter. That is absolutely mind blowing. That is a big number. That's a big number. I didn't like I didn't expect this movie to get the traction that Neither. it did. Um Netflix says this is their biggest opening ever. Which is huge for like, an original I Netflix movie. Like, I, I enjoyed Bird Box more. Did you? Yeah. So uh, let me let me talk a little bit about murder mystery. Um it's what you expect. It's luckily, so here's the thing, I have trouble watching Adam Sandler movies now. Do you remember when the the deal was announced like years ago saying, hey, Netflix has like eight Adam Sandler movie yeah. pictures coming out and they he's just been pumping them out, man. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's because he uses the same cast in every exactly. movie. And it's, but actually, it's funny. In this movie, I don't think I see many of his... Uh, it's because Jennifer Aniston is in it. The money went it, to her. Though. Yeah. But... um. It's another thing where it's like you can tell he's doing it again. Devication. It's not really a movie he's making well thought out. Right. Um, but overall, like, it was okay. I laughed right. once, maybe. Um, and it's exactly what you expect. It's Clue meets Murder on the Orient Express. And even at the end of the film, there's a scene of him going on a train. And it, the train is called the Orient Express. Gotcha. And it was just, like, so on the nose that I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's pretty obvious right it in, is it like setting up a sequel or is I it just like more like a little so. I think like, it's a like wink homage, to the audience you know a wink yeah. to the audience very obvious wink i i, I didn't think it was a awful movie or right. a bad movie i just was like okay it's, a, it's what you expect yeah and, and the thing is i love the cast i love jim martin i love um uh jennifer aniston uh, jennifer aniston and I don't really like Adam Sandler that much anymore. Yeah. His mustache bothers me in this movie yeah but he's actually not the most annoying person does in he do movie. like his voice isn't it he doesn't the voice he doesn't really do them that much like he's like he actually a lot of the film it doesn't seem like he wants to be there got you so you know it's interesting because like like i have like a love-hate relationship with adam sandler right i think like sometimes he just he'll just perform in a movie i'm like oh my god this guy could he could act he's he's fantastic then other times it's just like he's just they're filming him on vacation yeah you know and like i haven't watched any of his latest movies but I watched this one because my girlfriend wanted to, and does it make does it surprise you though that this that one hundred percent surprises me? 
it's done so well. Yeah, it, I I didn't expect this movie of all movies. Like I'm trying to think. Like, are there still a lot of are there a lot of a- Adam Sandlerites out there or something that I don't just know. like I feel like, like this movie would have bombed for sure in theaters. There, yeah, nobody would have gone to see this. There is much nothing in, in this movie that makes me go, oh wow, like. Like there was no call to action for me. Like right. when I look at Bird Box, that felt like it was coming hot off the press of um, a Quiet Place. Right. Uh, Sandra Bullock was a great name. Yeah. It had it had a cool thriller vibe yeah. to it. Again, that was movie, a great time and place movie. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, Neither but it was, was still uh, it, it it released at the perfect time. But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like that movie to me is something that I would have expected to completely blow this out. Of. But 30.9 million. Like I was watching a movie I think called Bird Murder. Box had the last. Uh, it did, and yeah. it did. But like for this movie not to take over, it, the movie's called Murder Mystery. Yeah, that is a genre. Yeah, that's like a song being called song. <laughs> it's called hip hop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it just was. Uh, like to me, I was like, okay, it wasn't the most awful thing in the world. Right. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't very good. Right. A couple years ago, Netflix said that Adam Sandler movies have such like a huge watch rate on their platform. God, I don't know so, who's watching them, but yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, this happened, and what what do you think this means for like comedies going forward? Like, do you do you see the appeal now for them to go to Netflix for Netflix to be buying these movies? Yeah, yeah, I see. I mean, like com- always, comedies, my maybe just did so which I, well on which the I platform enjoyed. too. Yeah, it was yeah. a really fun movie. Um, comedies have a tough time, I think, in theaters. People usually find them easier to watch than at home. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, there's there's only a select few comedies I could think that really hit it out of the park in theaters that are like crowd pleasers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Adam Sandler for, for him to find his home on Netflix that's amazing. You know, yeah. good for him. He's good making him, his yeah. money. He's doing his thing. He, he's had a comedy special as well too. I think yeah, that came he out. did. Yeah. So you know what? Good. That's awesome for him. I mean, Happy Madison, great. But I guess they're just not for me. And people that sure. enjoy them, I'm glad you guys are loving them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're getting what you wanted, right? Yeah. And it looks like he, they're. Most likely going to continue on this relationship. If this I wouldn't is be surprised. The fruits that it's bearing. If this right? movie just just did what it did, I wouldn't be surprised they signed up for more. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, our final story of the week: Lionsgate is planning a Hunger Games prequel. This comes from Dave McNary of Variety. Another prequel. So we can't escape the prequel. It was a matter of time. I feel like. Yeah, it took no, a while. Though. Harry Potter. Well, when did when did this part two of Hunger Mocking Games? Jay? Mocking Jay? I want to say his last... I can find out for you. What was it, 2015? While you read more about it. So I'll read more about this from Variety. Lionsgate has begun working on a Hunger Games prequel movie focused on the forthcoming novel from writer Susan Collins. So that novel's coming out in March of next year. Uh, the Hunger Games series has made nearly $3 billion worldwide. Uh, it is still untitled and will be uh, set 64 years before the first book. Yeah, this is uh, so Mocking J Part Two is 2015. Yeah, so about this. Uh, realistically, I feel like if this book is coming out in 2020, yeah, uh, we'll probably have this movie by 2021. Yeah, if so, not, they'll probably already have started for a release next fall. Wouldn't Who be knows? surprised either. Now, I've seen them all except Part Two, actually. Which you think I'd want to see the? I haven't seen Part Two either. Yeah, and I've seen them all except for Part Two. Yeah, which uh, is weird. You, you would think that we would have seen yeah. it because we were probably like, oh my god, cliffhanger! Yeah. Like, let's see what happens. I just didn't like part one that much that, like, to me... Of Mockingjay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care if I went back to part two. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I, I remember seeing the first movie in theater. I saw it at 9 a.m. on release day. Why? Because it was just it was just there. It was happening. At 9 a.m. as it was playing. Were you a big Hunger Games fan? No, not at all. I was oh. just, like... It was just a big event in 2012 when it was happening, right? Oh, okay. So okay, I went okay. to go see it. Uh, I thought it was good. 
was yeah. Catching Fire. Really, I thought it was I, a great movie. I thought the Catching Fire was really good. Such a great movie. And then I saw Mockingjay on home release. I didn't even see it in theaters. Um, and then I just never bothered to watch part two, just because I would. I lost interest at totally. that point. You know what I mean? It was such an oversaturated um, market. It, at that it was point. so it was so fast. They were all coming out too. Like you had four movies in three years. Yeah, that and we had like um, those Scorcher trials or what are they called? The Maze Runner. The Maze Runner. Those movies are pumping out. Yeah, you had literally every show. What's, on Netflix what's the was one with that? Um, that got Divergence? Divergent. Divergent yeah, was that, another one. They were which just they ended up finishing on Netflix. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, did it even come out? I don't know. Actually. They said they wanted to do a show, and then Shailene Willie's like, "No, I'm not coming back for no. that." No. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had Fifty Shades of Grey coming out. We had a like uh, the 2011 to 2016 was a weird. Oh, time. Twilight was finishing up as well Twilight too. So we just had the young adult novels just being pumped. That yeah. was just being pumped into Hollywood, and yeah, it just and then now we don't see them anymore because no. they don't perform. They don't right. do well. Um. Yeah. Again, it was a matter of time, but before a big franchise got a prequel. So yeah, and I'm, I'm not surprised like, this is getting one. This is at least getting one based off of a book series versus where like Fantastic Beasts has nothing is basing it off of really, other right. than like a short guide, <laughs> uh, textbook, textbook. Really. Yeah. I and this and that's the thing. Like, I wish J.K. Rowling would have not to turn this on a Harry Potter thing, but I wish J.K. Rowling would have come out with the books first, mm-hmm. just because then there's things to pull from. Yeah. Right? I don't know how this movie's going to do. I don't know what interest is there for a prequel of The Hunger Games with an all-new cast and people you don't really care about yet. Yeah. History is not on their side, if I'll say that. No. Of all the franchises, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, yeah Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry yet. Potter. Um, am, I, am I missing one? Star Godfather. Wars? <laughs> Godfather. Well, I mean, at least it won an Oscar, right? Yeah. It was an, and, and it was an amazing movie. <laughs> History's not on their side for uh, for this prequel. No. What no. do you What do you hope? Is there anything you're hoping to see from it? I, if not to sound mean, no, I no. It, Stay, it, sound mean. It doesn't. Um, it's not on my radar. Okay. It's not something that I uh, am looking forward to. Um, if it comes out and it does well, all the power to it. You know, there are fans of these series, and I'm for sure, and I'm, and I'm glad that. At least something is coming out. I just, I, I'm finding it a weird time right now in Hollywood and in theaters where I feel like people aren't wanting to go to the movie theaters that much right now. I I completely agree with you, and which which really upsets me. It's it's a really bummy situation for me because I love the theater, but when I went to go see Toy Story four, yeah, which my second time, yeah, uh, it was a Friday night, nine p.m., and it was a very empty theater. So if a movie like this will get people into their seats, that's amazing. But my fear is it won't because people are feeling this fatigue right. with with prequels and with Hunger Game and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and it's it's that's the perfect segue into the box office, which we're about to talk about. Yeah. Toy Story Four opens to 118 million. So as we've spoken about on the show, it's been a really rocky time for the box office. Yeah. Just like what Shay was saying, people aren't going to the movies. They're not interested in these big sequels and Prequels and all that, right? Toy Story 4 still did really great this weekend, but the projected amount it was looking to make was like 140 plus. Yeah. Incredibles 2 last year did 180 million open. Yeah, I know. Right? Which is insane. I, I would have never thought it would have done no. that much. Uh, so that's the biggest animated opening of all time. This is still the best Toy Story opening of all time, but it's not what they were expecting. But see, it's funny because when I saw 118 for Toy Story 4, yeah. I was kind of like, ouch. 
Like, right? A, a little yeah, bit of me was because, like, you know, like if if Avengers open to this, we'd be like, that's Ooh, disastrous. Yeah, like this is which not is which performing. is crazy to think though. That's just like the caliber of where Disney's at. Um, same thing with you. When I saw Toy Story four today, uh, for my second time, there was probably in the IMAX theater. There was probably only about twelve to fifteen people, and I was just like looking around. I'm like, this is so strange. And this was around eleven thirty. I'm like, maybe because it's IMAX, it's more expensive. Maybe because it's earlier. I don't know. But like, I, all I remember is when I saw Toy Story 3, packed all the times I watched it. When I saw Avengers Endgame, we could have. I saw that movie at 9 in the morning on a Sunday for the fifth time, and it was still a packed house. Daniel, I, right? saw, I saw Avengers. So you sounded like you were going to give me... Uh, get me in trouble for something like no i'm just i'm just like i'm I'm totally like mind blown right now because like even when i saw avengers endgame for my like fourth time or whatever i think we were probably together watching was it us together yeah we saw how many times you've seen avengers four times right i I don't i think so four or five times at least because i saw it i don't i wasn't with you this time i remember this it was my family okay thanks for not (laughs) calling me your family you're not i don't i barely know you okay and i remember it was yeah it was my mom or my brother, or somebody, because there was a somebody family sitting. There was, there was yeah. someone sitting in my seat. I remember I told you this story. There was someone sitting in my seat, and I'm like, "Hey, you're sitting in my seat." And then they moved to the seat beside me, and I'm like, "No, no, you're still in my seats. I bought these seats, man. Get out of them." Yeah. Oh and then God. they just moved to the seats over, and I'm like, "Dude, what? Did you not buy seats to this movie? Yeah. Because you need to get out. This is a packed show." And it was like two, three weeks in. So Toy Story Four, I watched it again a second time on a. Friday night mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. And it was primarily empty. That's crazy. That's upsetting. It's, it's Toy Story. It's Toy Story. It's Toy Story. We loved this movie, but it's crazy that this is still... It's upsetting. What do you think it is? Like, Do you think Do you think it's just like a sequel I think thing? It's, I think it's fatigue. I think people really right now need to see a film that's going to blow their mind. Toy Story 4, people were very... Like we were hesitant to go watch it for sure, and I've talked to people, and they're like, "Oh, you, oh, it's good. Okay, maybe I'll go see it yeah. now." But it's like, why weren't you there in the beginning? Like, right. what is it? So I think the true fans or fans of the film yeah. are going, but there wasn't enough for people to say, "Oh man, I got it." It wasn't. See it. it wasn't the event that Toy Story three was. Because not again, that we were hesitant to see it because the marketing we were didn't hesitant call me. about if it was going to be good or yeah, not. Right? And, but also, like the marketing for me wasn't making me want to. Oh, go for watch sure. It, it didn't, it didn't give fans, me the vibes right? of like a Toy Story film for sure. Um, and yeah, many people believe like Toy Story three that was their ending. Yeah, right. Major Toy Story fans haven't seen the spinoff TV uh, movies and things like that. Yeah. Um, continuing on in the box office this week, Child's Play, fourteen point five million, second place. Honestly, that's great for this film because if you look at it, the budget's ten million. Yeah. Still so, under what they were expecting. Still under what they were expecting, but fourteen million. Again, what did I say? It's a movie that's coming out. In the summertime. Yeah. Wrong time. Wrong time. Wrong time for this movie. Wrong time. But it's going to make back its budget. It's going to make back its marketing, most likely. Um, how much profit it'll make, I don't know. Um, right now, it hasn't opened up anywhere else, really, I think, yet. No. Because uh, the wide release happens, what, in a couple days? For wide release across North America, you mean, or just worldwide? Worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. I think worldwide. But even I then, I, I think, mean... I think it's still got a couple more days left toward the worldwide release. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm I think it's three sure. more days. Um, the other movie that opened up this weekend was Anna, which is the Luc Besson film. Yeah. Um, it opened... My God, I feel, I'm sorry to laugh. 11th place. <sighs> opening to 3.5 million. That hurts, man. That's that's crazy. You know what's still doing great? Aladdin. Aladdin. It's at number Aladdin. three. Five weeks now. I mean, I'm not... It's a Disney movie. It's it's I think it's almost at nine hundred million dollars worldwide right now, so it's doing pretty well. Um, nice worldwide, to see. It's at about eight hundred and ten million. Okay, so yeah. 
getting there. Still, getting still there. amazing, right? Um, I mean, Rocket Man is doing really well too. Uh, Men of Black International came in fourth this weekend too in its second week. So, yeah, it's an interesting time at the box office. I'm curious now. Like, they're projecting Spider-Man: Far From Home to be making 150 million plus on its opening weekend. On its opening weekend, I wonder if it's going to hit that. I think it will. I think people still are invested in in the Marvel Cinematic in the Mar- Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. especially in Spider-Man. For sure. And the trailers are great. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's great. The I social mean, media reactions that came out this week have been phenomenal. Right. So this So they're they're doing the right thing. They're also playing off the fact that it's the it's after a math of Endgame. Right. So why wouldn't you go see it? Yeah. It's cuz this is the sequel to what will most likely be the biggest movie of all time. Exactly. Right? So um, so we shall see. Yeah. Um, just a quick note, I want to say that I pulled these box office stats from Box Office Mojo and from Rebecca Rubin at Variety. Uh, so we have the links. In, again, we have the links in the description of this episode for all of the articles that we talk about. So definitely give them the click if you want to learn more. And uh, we thank them for their sources. Yeah, gracias. Time to get into some new dates. So this isn't a segment that we always have on the show, but it's worth having when there's a new date to announce. Exactly. Um, so Pixar. A new date. A new time. That's the theme. Okay. I like it. Thank Remember you. for next time. I'll forget it all. So, <laughs> so Pixar announced a new movie just kind of out of the blue. Uh, Very out of the blue. Pixar just announced, hey, you know what? We have a movie called Soul coming out. And it will take you on the journey from the streets of New York City to the cosmic realms to discover the answers to life's most important questions. This is coming to theaters on June 19th, 2020. So a year, almost a year from today, mm. just under a year now, directed by Pete Docter. Directed by our boy Pete. Crazy, right? PDD. Pete, <laughs> PDD. Yeah. Uh, director of Up and director of Inside Out. Inside and Out. he's one of the, the main brains behind Pixar. And Monsters, Inc. as well, he's, too. He's the head of Pixar. Right yeah, now. we actually saw him at TIFF uh, yeah. a few years back. Yeah, PDD. PDD. Um, yeah, this, this is kind of came out of the blue and it's like, wow, Pixar has two movies coming out within a span of like three months of each other next yeah, year. Yeah, crazy. O- Onward and, uh, Soul. Soul. <laughs> I don't the name of it. Um, but this, uh, when they said this is from Cosmic Realms and like New York City, I'm like, Pixar is about to flex on us again with their yeah, animation. Yeah, this, because the animation in Toy Story 4. Unbelievable. Like I've never oh, seen in my life. my God. Like I'm, I still have goosebumps from the animation. The, the porcelain of how, of Bo and like the lighting, the, the, the Woody's the hands, Woody's hands, like his, it's insane seeing what Woody looks like in the first movie compared to even what he looked like in Toy Story 3. Yeah. He looked Especially great. Especially Bo. Bo had a glow up. Bo had a huge glow up and she looks great in, yeah. in Toy Story 4. Uh, worth the price of a mission alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, it's so out of the blue, and I'm just kind of like, okay. I mean, I love Pete Doctor, so yep. I'm here for whatever he's going to throw at us. My only thing is, like, when I see movies like, oh, it takes place in New York City, it's like, oh, come on. Give me somewhere new. Right. Give me a new locale. Give us Toronto. Give, you know, yeah, give, a, give, us, give us the NBA championship city, Toronto. But give us somewhere. Like, give us somewhere new. Like, every movie takes place in New York City. Yeah. Every uh, yeah, every especially animated movies like yeah, mostly based in these New metropolitan York. areas, right? Yeah. So, I'm here for something new, but at the same time, it's Disney, it's Pixar, and it's Pete Doctor. Right. So I'll shut my mouth. Okay. Shut it. it so shut. I mean, we should be getting a trailer soon, though. Yeah. Speaking of trailers, oh, it is time for trailers. Trailers. Now we didn't choose a trailer of the week last week. We didn't. Uh, do we have what was your favorite trailer last week? What, what did we have last week? I mean, it's in the past. Let's not fret about it. The new trailers that we got this week. We got Trolls World Tour. Uh, trailer last week for me was probably Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah so we got Trolls World Tour. It's yeah. kind of hard to say. Trolls yeah. World 
Troll, Trolls World Tour. Say it. Trolls World Tour. Five times fast. Trolls, Trolls. Uh, I, can't, I can't, <laughs> can't do it. I mess it up. Trolls World Tour is coming out. Anderson Pack is doing a voice in this movie. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good. I thought he was in the room with us right now. Yes, Lord. Point Blank, which is coming to Netflix. I didn't watch this trailer. You know, honestly, <laughs> this week I would say I I didn't watch many trailers. No, it was a slow week for trailers for sure. Very slow. A lot, a lot of these are Netflix or what the hell is this? Like a lot of what's the plot? <laughs> so uh, can you what's the plot? Point blank for me. Point blank. Oh, you want me to tell you what it's about? Tell me about. Yeah. About so point blank uh-huh. is about a man with a gun for hands. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Edward, Edward Gunhands. Edward, no, no, it's uh, Jimmy Gunhands. Oh, Jimmy Gunhands. Yeah, Jimmy Gunhands. So Jimmy Gunhands goes around like waving at people. People <laughs> think he have guns for hands, and he always gets tackled. So wait, yeah, people thinks people think that he has guns for hands, but he does have guns. He for does hands. have guns for hands, but so, people think that he they're, he's going to shoot them, <laughs> right? So they tackle him. They tackle him, put him to the ground until enter. Susie, um, the Sandman. <laughs> no, not enter the Sandman. Enter Susie Holster, who meets <laughs> Jimmy Gunhands, and just as her name implies, they get to know each other. Wow, this yeah. is great. So, Point Blank uh, stars Anthony Mackie yeah. and uh, Frank, Frank Grillo. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's a Netflix film, film. to Netflix save movie. his pregnant wife. An emergency room nurse teams up with an injured, murdered suspect yeah. in a race against time. Rival criminals and renegade cops. I'm sorry, but didn't I say pl- that? No, you didn't. I, that's exactly what I just said. Oh, right now, yeah, yeah. you did. Edward Gunhands versus yeah. Su- Susie Gunhands. What was that? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Gunhands. Jimmy Gunhands and Susie Holster. Yeah, yeah. This plot, I'm not gonna lie, it sounds really silly. It sounds a little silly, right? It sounds a little extreme, and it will most likely have Netflix's record soon. Yeah, for the most watched yeah. movie in a weekend. Killer uh, Man. Killer Man. Give me the plot of Killer Man, Shay. Well, then the name is pretty obvious. Killer Man is about a ice cream man, uh, ice cream delivery man. Yep. And he's killing it with his scoops. So he's going around scooping up ice cream, yeah, yeah. throwing it on uh, cones. But then one day he gets in a tragic uh, sewing accident. He's trying to sew himself a new hat. Uh, but the his hand runs underneath the sewing machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he can't scoop that well anymore. So he goes around and starts murdering kids. <laughs> Because if he can't scoop ice cream, yeah. then no one can. Um, <laughs> well, there won't be any kids to serve ice cream, too. What, you left out an important part of the movie, though. Tell me about it. This is called Disney's Killer Man. <laughs> which is D- Disney and DreamWorks, actually. They partnered for this one. Oh, that's, that's a, it's a weird <laughs> it's one a to weird, team up for. Yeah. It was so good. They're like, guys, we got to team up for this. Yeah, so um, that's, <laughs> that's what Killer Man's so about. So Killer Man... Um, Stars Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, he's plays in the yeah, ice cream. And he, tr- and he plays Mo Diamond. I'm not too sure which name is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Diamond is a New York City money launderer. Wait, is this the plot of Soul? It sounds like it. Um, who wakes up with no memory of and no memory and millions of dollars in stolen cash and drugs. He must soon scour the streets in search of answers while trying to dodge a crew of violent and crooked cops. Wow, generic McGeneric. Now. What plot do you think is better? Mine? I, you know what plot or the is better. You know what plot is better. That's what I thought. Uh we got a trailer for Ready or Not. Uh, yeah. I added this to the to our show notes, to our run of show, and I totally forgot what it is. Ready or not. Why don't you watch the plot for me, Daniel? Ready or not, uh the, you know what the tagline is? Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Ready or not. Here, here I, I come. come. You can hide. 
I'm gonna find starring the Fugees. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's it about? Uh, what is ready or not? Yeah. Uh, this is about a race, <laughs> and they was, weren't ready. Is it not called Ripley's Ready or Not? <laughs> like it's like a spinoff film oh, of oh, Ripley's Believe It or Believe Not. It or not? <laughs> It's just gross world record people have. Yeah. Are you ready or not? You were the five foot tall booger. No. Here's a man getting stabbed in his eye. 90 uh, times. So a, ready or not is about a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. What? Who stars in this one? You, I, Daniel, you think I know this because I, I put this in the show. I would be surprised if you knew... Three people in this movie. Okay. Uh, How about Samara Weaving. Oh, Samara Weaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will know one person for sure in this movie. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Brody. Oh, yeah. this I remember it now. I yeah. remember this trailer now. Andy McDowell. Yeah. I don't know who these people are. Um, I remember when you said Adam Brody. I'm like, yeah, I remember this now. Oh, I know Andy McDowell. Never mind. Yeah, you know McDowell. Yeah, I know sure. Andy McDowell. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got a trailer for the Fast and the Furious animated series, which is also coming Didn't even to Netflix. Know that was coming, yeah. Uh, we got the trailer for the <laughs> the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh-huh. I'm going to yeah, let yeah. you take take the reins on this one. Well, I've actually already seen the Peanut Butter Falcon, so I'm surprised okay. the trailer's already had for it. Okay. Uh, but this is actually the story about uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay. Okay, so uh, the man on the assembly line, uh, I think his name was uh, Joey uh, Joerson. And he was the fastest peanut butter, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup making world champion that they actually had to make a Olympic sport out of it. Okay. Now, in the 1937 Olympics that took place, I believe, in... Uh, the 37 Olympics? 1937 Olympics. Where did they take place again? Oh, this is this was the, the spinoff Olympics that took place in... Um, the, these were... It was a small Olympics. It wasn't like a big one. It no, was a no. tiny these, these Olympics. These they held them in the Pacific Ocean. They held them in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, in right. the ocean themselves. And so... What was his name? Joey Jorson? I think yeah, that was his said, name. Yeah. I, you know what? I, the movie was so good. I saw it in IMAX 40X. Uh, he basically... He gets the nickname the Peanut Butter Falcon because he's making these Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and they're right. just flying off the but assembly where did, line. where does his name Reese come from, though? What? What? What's right? Where does the name Reese come from, though? Uh, have you seen the movie Terminator? Kyle Reese. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, he was a huge fan of that film before it came out. Years, like, oh, I want to say 50 years before the film right, came right, out. Right, 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 He was right. like, oh, because this actually, is, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a weird um, film because it's also the origin of the Terminator series. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Jorston was not only the fastest Reese's Peanut Butter Cup maker, right. he was also one of the first writers for the Terminator well, before bless him James for Cameron got on board. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, after running away from a residential nursing home to pursue <laughs> his dreams of becoming a pro wrestler, a man who has Down syndrome befriends an outlaw who oh becomes god. his coach and ally. This is nothing like I was saying. Starring. Oh god. Who do you think it's starring? Known people. Jimmy Chalamet. Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Dakota Johnson. Oh. John Bernthal. Oh. Yellow Wolf. And Thomas Hayden Church. Who the hell put Yellow Wolf in a movie? Uh, uh, Bird Box. Or Eminem. No, that was, oh, he wasn't in. He that wasn't was Machine Gun Kelly. It's the same thing. Yeah, they're all yeah. Um, yeah. So this actually has a good cast. It has a cast. Yeah, it has a cast. Okay. Uh, I was hoping you would think that was a fake movie on the tra- new trailers this week. 
Um, you but you haven't done that yet though, because you haven't you haven't noticed yet. But what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what about Stranger Things? You watched the trailer, right? I was gonna say, yeah, you haven't watched this trailer, right? No, I I, I avoided this trailer. Okay. This this trailer I knew about, but I avoided it. Got you. Uh, it doesn't show a whole lot of new stuff that mm-hmm. we haven't seen. A, a lot of reuse. Actually, I don't think I've seen anything. You haven't seen anything? No. Eh? No, but I mean, like, I, so I just finished watching season one and two again. Nice. And there's a bunch of shots from season two at the ending with Eleven closing the portal and mm-hmm. everything like that. Right. Um. I feel like out of both seasons that we've gone so far, this is the most like '80s feeling. Uh, they're Season leaning, three, sorry, they're leaning into it. Yeah, like the neon, the hair, and the makeup. It's like going super into the '80s, like being taken well, place in the mall becoming and everything. Teens now, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're early teens. I mean, yeah. it looks great. I'm really excited for it. I like that it's coming out on July 4th. I mean, that's like a cute little. Um, Nod, because I think that's when the series is taking place, because the whole tagline is, one summer can change everything. Oh, nice. Uh, just like season two came out on Halloween, because that's when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. I and definitely this is going to be one that I'm going to be watching as soon as it comes out. Um, how did, uh, where are you with Stranger Things now in terms of like, uh, did you have a preference of season one, season two? I like season one more. Yeah, season one I think was the more complete uh, story for me. Yeah, and it, it just it just had a great story and season 2 was was good. There's just moments of it that I was like, oh, okay, well Yeah, so some some moments and characters I feel like, oh, maybe we don't have to spend so much time on this, right? Yeah. Got you. So those are our trailers of this week so far. Shay, what is your trailer of the week? Since I only watched the trailer for Trolls World Tour. Oh my god. Yeah, my Is this trailer, about to happen? My trailer of the week is Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. <laughs> There we go. What about you? Uh, I'm going to watch Stranger Things Season 3 just because I love, I absolutely love the look of this and I feel like cool. this next season of Stranger Things is really going to amp up the craziness. Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! That wasn't a good one. No. Uh, out this week. Not too much coming out this week. No, but I'm really excited for what's coming out this week, yes, though. Yes, we have Ophelia coming out this week, which is the Daisy Ridley uh, movie. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home and Yesterday... All my troubles seem so far away. Without Anthony here, we do sing more songs. I was going to say, this is what, their fourth time singing a song so I think so. so. It's because Anthony can't sing. No. And he only does, I think, grunge metal rapping. (laughs) Like Yellow Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony's Yellow Wolf. If Anthony had grills and like long hair, I could see him being a white rapper for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's what's coming out this week. Yesterday, obviously, the one that we're looking forward to most. Danny Boyle. Awesome cast of characters, and of course, uh, speaking for myself, my favorite band of all time. Oh, mine too. Yeah. Man, my favorite band is, is also the Beatles, and I love, love listening to their music. Yeah. Um, so for me, this is like huge. It'd yeah. be nice to have two movies this year, like with great soundtracks. I mean, we had Rocket Man, which yeah. they recorded the music for. I'm really hoping with uh, Yesterday, we're going to get like a really killer soundtrack out of that movie as well, I think too. So. Um, yeah, Danny Boyle hasn't hasn't really missed in the last couple of years. He's no, had some really great he's, films. He's a great director. He knows what he's doing, and he can handle music really well, too. Yeah. Is this his first film since Steve Jobs? That's a personal question, but I can find <laughs> out for you. Um, I have him on speed dial, actually. I'm going to call you know, him up. Ask him up. Hello, Danny. Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle on the show. Hey, how's it going? Eh, bloody hell, mate. Oh, you know, he did uh, T2, Train Spotting. Oh, so I'm like T2. Uh, you did Term- Terminator 2. Remember? Terminator 2 from 1991. Yeah, he did Steve Jobs and he did uh, the Transponder. Oh, I totally forgot too. he did the Transponder 2. Transponder? Transponder. 
yeah. So uh, we're definitely going to go watch yesterday. And yeah. And we'll be giving you our thoughts. Definitely. Tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> on next week's episode. Yeah. Also, we'll have a video up on our YouTube channel for yeah. sure. YouTube.com. Uh, uh, quick plug as well, too, uh, before we get into what we've been watching. We have all our reviews up on YouTube. Shay said it earlier as well. We have all of the video episodes of the podcast. Uh, you could watch them there as well, too. Uh, we have our Toy Story 4 review up there right now. And we'll have our yesterday review up there on Thursday night. Si, senora. I don't know why my voice went so high there either. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, what we've been watching, Anthony has been watching anything because he is dead to us. Yes. Uh, but I've been watching Men in Black International. Nice. Uh, we both saw that this yeah. week. Uh, Stranger Things, as I mentioned. I've been diving back into Smallville. Nice. Yeah. Smallville, probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Nice. Just one of those shows that I grew up watching, right? And uh, if anyone is out there listening from Fan Expo, if you're looking for somebody to host your panel, I'm just going to throw my cape in the ring right now. We also met Kristen Crook, remember? We did. Kristen uh, Crook. Crook. Well, because she's a crook because she stole my heart. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we, we met her. She was a sweetheart, though. She was she's so su- nice. She's such a, such a kind person. And uh, what was this, Fan Expo 2017, I want to say we met I her? I think so, yeah. Um, so she was promoting a video game that she was in? Shen Yu. Shen Mu. Shen, Shen Mu. No, no, no. Shen Mu is the game. The, the, Shen, no. Shu Yen. Shu could be. Could be one of the two. She's playing a, a character. She was playing game. a character in a game, and uh, so we went to her panel and we got to hear her talk. Yeah, and then they're like, "Yeah, if you want to come meet her, she'll be in the convention center." And we literally, so I literally walked by and like literally my whole life, like this is a character who I loved watching. Lana was always one of my favorite characters on Smallville, and we were just in line. I'm like, "Oh my god, she's right there!" Yeah, and, and it, we, we met. What, her. We barely waited, like I think what 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, we literally just I walked up to her and I'm like, "Hello," and she's yeah. like, "Hi, I'm I'm." Kristen, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've heard of you. <laughs> and then I f- passed out right there. You did. The picture of you passing out in her arms was cute. It's, it's good. It, well, it's something to tell my children. Yes. Um, With her. <laughs> no, but seriously. Uh, so, yeah, Fan Expo is happening later in the year yeah. uh, in August in Toronto. And Tom Welling's going to be there. He plays Clark. Michael Rosebaum's playing Lex. Uh, Kristen Crook's going to be there. He plays Lana. So, yeah, if you're looking for anybody, I'm just going to. Hello. I'm Hello. Here. Hello there. Um, what have you been watching, Shay? Uh, Men in Black 1 and 2. Yes. Uh, I watched International as well. I watched it with my girlfriend. Uh, not a good movie. Men in Black 2? We, we didn't review it on our YouTube channel because we don't International, watch it. International. We watched it separately. We watched it separately. We didn't um, review it, but... Uh, and it was also you, after the fact as well, too. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, in terms of our review scale? What would you give it? Yeah. Skip it. Hard, hard skip. Yeah. It, it was... It, I just don't think it was... Uh, <clears throat> it was an unnecessary movie. It looked like a film that, to me, was put together in a studio with just shots that were filmed. The studio interfered and made it into a I movie. can't believe it was uh, F. F. Gary Gray. Gray who directed this. Yeah. Because, like, like, say what you will about Fast 8, not a good movie. Yeah. But at least he felt he had his DNA in there a bit more. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we love Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. But this movie was just, like, it could have just been paint-by-numbers, like... Whoever, it was just a bunch of edited scenes that were brought together to not form really a cohesive. And it sucks because like you have Tessa Thompson, who's a great actress. You have Chris Hemsworth, who's a great actor. But I didn't think they had good chemistry though. They it didn't. It didn't. Weird. You didn't feel like it in this movie, but in Thor Ragnarok, you felt that. Love it. It was palpable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you felt that. But in this movie, I feel like they were banking too hard on them having good chemistry in the Thor movie. Yeah. That it didn't translate into this movie. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Murder Mystery, like I said. 
Oh, yes, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, Toy Story 4, which we already talked about. Yes, we did. And I started uh, AP Bio Season 1. Yeah. And I think you also started. I started, yeah, I've, I'm uh, three episodes in now. Nice, yeah, I'm, I'm on the eighth episode now. Yeah. So Short seasons, though. Very short season, which is great. Um, it was on sale on iTunes, and I love Glenn Howerton of Always Sunny fame. Yeah, who plays Dennis. And, yeah, it's just it's a fun, digestible show. It's good to have in the background as well. But I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Uh, I would love to take a bit of a deeper dive into Toy Story 4, if we may, for a few moments. Um, we gave this movie a watch it in we our did. review. Go check out the video if you want to hear some more of our kind of overall thoughts on it. But what a beautiful movie, man. It's such a great film. And, you know, we talked about in this podcast a lot about how we were so nervous going into this movie. I'm so glad that a lot of our worries and problems were just washed away immediately. In, that. in the first nine minutes of this movie, I yeah. was immediately... I was hooked. In. I was in. The animation is just absolutely mind blowing, and on top of that, like I really got the feels at the end. Um, there were two moments where I, I really I, I choked up and I I had tears coming out of my eyeballs. Out of your eye ducts. Um, the intro to the movie, mm-hmm. like after the uh, after we see Woody and Bo kind of saying goodbye to one another, mm-hmm. um, and the, spoilers, you, yeah, and you've got a friend in me kicks in, yeah. And you see, like, Andy, and you see Andy growing up and everything like that. That really hit me again. Yeah. Um, and then again, at towards the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. So if you haven't seen Toy Story 4, skip maybe, what, five minutes now? Five minutes from now. Five minutes yeah, from you now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put it in the show notes as well, too, where the spoilers end. Yeah, so right now, skip five minutes. Yeah. And welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> you made it. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like at the end, this is the most I feel like uh, against the grain they could have gone with this ending. Yeah, because they were literally. I felt like they were really setting up them bringing Gabby Gabby to live with Bonnie, and then everybody's gonna be a big happy family. Come comes home with them, but mm-hmm. there that scene where they're all at the the carnival at the end, and Woody just looks at Buzz, and Buzz just Buzz just knows what what he's thinking, right? She's gonna be okay. Yeah, Bonnie, yeah. Bonnie's gonna be okay. Yeah, and what he stays and like, wow! Like I just wasn't, I was not ready for that. It was definitely an emotionally heavy moment, and the second time I watched it, I bawled my eyes out because it was, it was a happy cry that you know Woody can finally move on. He can be with the love of his life. He can be with Bo. Yeah, you, you know, know what it reminded me of? Tell, tell me, Avengers Endgame. Very similar, yeah. Because it's like Woody is Captain America in this scenario, totally. right? He's leaving the team to. Yeah move on you know he's he gave jesse the stars like cap handing over the shield and buzz is basically yeah. bucky in this scenario and i think back to um Chris story three when bo's name is brought up the immediate look that woody has is just a sadness like yeah, yeah even bo and you f- you feel it so when toy story 4 came out and that moment of loss happens it's totally earned justified yeah. and it's it makes sense and bo is such an amazing character in this movie um yeah what what an amazing job they did to give her so many layers and make her somebody that woody like obviously he had this idea of who she was but now that she's been on her own for so long has really come into her own yeah and she was easily my favorite character in this movie and this was this was such a woody movie yeah that i I just love that he got his happy ending even if it's even it's to the i guess to the detriment of the audience feeling sadness because he's leaving but you're also happy because like he deserves that yeah. and it's funny that we're talking in this sense of like of a movie and especially an animated movie but 
that just goes to show how much life and soul that Pixar puts into these characters. Well, right? We grew up with these movies too, yeah. right? I mean, twenty four years of of this this franchise. Yeah, that's nuts. Twenty four years. It's like I think it's the only franchise that I can think of that I've grown up with. That this is this is like it feels like it's ours, and I and I don't mean that in a possessive way. No, I mean that that it's just it's part of us. It's 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 within us. Yeah, right. So it's just. I, I was so happy. I'm like, oh my god, Woody's getting his happy ending, and I think this is where there was a payoff. More obviously, we've spoken about um, How to Train Your Dragon before, right? right. Those those movies haven't always been for me, right? Yeah, I don't have that emotional either. attachment to those characters, but I was a little upset that like you kind of see that uh, whatever Jay Burnthal, Bear Shell's uh, character, John Burnthal's brother. Um, I was kind of like that. You see him in the trailer. With like the beard, you see him older and stuff like that, and I feel like that would have been a moment they should have held off. Yeah. Um, Toy Story Four was marketed very strangely in the sense of I the think story that's what of maybe it. Maybe heard it right, and like heard it. We'll throw that with yeah, quotes, right? Quotes. But like the fact that like at, that felt like such a payoff. Yeah. Uh, Woody, where I feel like How to Train Your Dragon, the movie wasn't the greatest, but at least the ending had a good send off yeah. for the character where this whole movie felt like a proper send off and yeah. a proper setup that way. Right. Yeah. And all the characters that we were introduced to, like I was, I was afraid the whole ducky and bunny character would have been too, I thought they were just going to be too, too much know? too too comedic timing, but they weren't perfect. Their, their laughs were perfect. Well earned. Yeah. Um, Duke Kaboom, who I thought was going to have a little bit of screen time has a good, a fair he amount has, of screen time. He has a great time. time of screen time, yeah. And, and a great story as and well. And a great story and Canadian too. Yeah. So obviously my heart goes out. Yeah. Um, yes, I Canada. It's just the movie overall is, it's it's just a great time and it's a great addition to Toy Story 3. Right. Um, but it's so hard for me to say it's it's another Toy Story film. It's so hard for you to say that it is like, a Toy like, Story like, film? It, it's not to me a Toy Story separate film it to me was very much like a toy story three additional ending yeah story. like this feels like the um the epilogue very much so. you know this this feels like an epilogue to toy story three where you're getting the answers you're getting the answers for the questions that you had throughout toy story three and you're just getting that proper send-off that you know woody will always be andy's toy exactly you know what i mean and he just felt that he wasn't able to get that life from Bonnie, so he had to move on, and now he gets to be with Bo. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually brings us to about five minutes now of this discussion. Was it? Did we yeah, get around five yeah, minutes? I, we did it, right? I was, uh, We got about ten seconds left, okay. but, or now five seconds left. Um, so if you've made it this far, thank you. Our spoiler talk for Toy Story 4 is now complete. It is done. So Welcome back. Welcome back to reality. Yeah. Oh, there goes, goes gravity. gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> Joe, you're so mad, buddy. Okay. See, lots of singing now. Lots of lots rapping, of too. <laughs> So what's our topic of the show, Danielle? Pardon me? Uh, it's your French name. Oh, yes, it is. Ah, oui, oui. like uh, Duke Boom's owner yeah. in... Uh, Rijon. Rijon. Yeah. Uh, uh, our topic of the show this week is all about our favorite filmmaking duos. Duos. Shay, uh, what would you define as a filmmaking duo, just so we could set our audience up for success right so now. So filmmaking duos to me are like the the names you always pretty much see together. So you'll see the Coen brothers together a lot. Right. I mean, they are brothers. Yeah. That's kind of why. <laughs> it makes sense. But you look at <clears throat> Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the directing duo behind um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Well, They're they didn't, the writers. The writers the for it. And, um, uh, 21 Jump Street. 22 the Lego Jump movie. Street, the Lego movie. Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. You look at the Russo brothers. Yeah. Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame, Civil War, Winter Soldier, Arrested Development. 
community, community yeah. the Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> lots of pairs working yeah. together, right? Even look at um Um Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Tom Cruise, Paul Wagner. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. So these are these are just what, throwing them out there. Yeah. So we're not necessarily we're not talking about directors and acting working together, like like Leo and Scorsese or Leo and De Niro, Tarantino and Sam Jackson. That's not what we're talking about today. No. We are talking about our favorite filmmakers who are behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start us off with one? So for me, um, what growing up, I mean. Watching the Wachowskis just hit out of the park with The Matrix. Right. Uh, that was really, I think, the first time I really got to see two names on the screen and really pay attention. I'm like, oh, right. whoa, two people made this movie? Yeah. That's insane. That, that always stood out to me so much whenever I saw uh, whenever I saw two names on the screen yeah. at the end for a director. Me being a dumb kid was like, oh, why? Was it too hard for them? To make- <laughs> <laughs> was it too hard for one person to make this movie? Yeah. But it wasn't. It's not that at all. It just, no. Like, you and I, we've spoken, like, uh episodes back now where we we talk about our own creative careers huh? right what episode was that i think that was like one of the first I wonder, anthony I wonder, left pretty quickly and the, <laughs> i can i can pull that up you'll pull that us, up yeah. but like it's just one of those things that when you i guess when you find something that you work so collaborate collaboratively well with uh you just kind of run with it so yeah the wachowskis um they're definitely like what they did with the matrix i feel like changed movies at that point right 1999 that first matrix movie comes out um and if Anthony was here, he'd have a lot to say about The Matrix as well, as he has in the past of this show, right? Um, have the Wachowskis done anything else uh, for you since that uh, first Matrix movie? No. <laughs> no, they haven't. <clears throat> Which I know sounds kind of mean. No, but, it's not. Um, it's, it's not that. It's like they've made movies not for us, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they didn't. And in terms of not for us, I mean not that we that we've found interest in. Not that they're making movies for us specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that episode exists anymore, Daniel. No, of course it does. <laughs> what episode was it? Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Do you want to name off another uh, duo? Uh, when we look back at the, you know, um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah. So not only are they a writing duo, they're an acting duo as well. And I look back at it and they're just, they, they hit out of the park with Goodwill Hunting, which is a film that I love so much. Beautiful film. Did you find the episode? Episode six. Uh, Avengers Endgame tickets and movies we've oh, made. Oh, the one that I'm on right yeah. now. Yeah, just episode six. If you want to go back and listen to that, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I feel like they've they've been the ones that, in our own, in our own kind of like circle, we've always aspired to be. Oh yeah, I mean right? that we we sent each other that that picture of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon Holding touching the, their Oscar tips. Thank God you said Oscar tips, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's it's definitely that that motivation, that inspiration for us for wanting to get into the industry that we want for sure. And so, Goodwill Hunting is just it's one of those movies that I watch it like at least once a year. Yeah, for sure. It just it's it's a he- bit of a heavier watch sometimes, but for it's sure. also like a cathartic watch. It is. It's you know a great I mean? film. Um, Robin Williams just sells it for me, yeah. and I just love it. And just to think that like they were like our age when they wrote that. Oh, I know. It doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't hurt at all. Uh, but what a script! Like it's so it's so funny. Uh, did you like? I feel like we spoke about this before, but the the fact that they would add like random scenes in the scripts, so when they sent to the studios, they would know a studio didn't read it if they didn't mention like the extremely bizarre scene that they had written in. Yeah, that's so that's so clever. That's very clever. And, and Gus Van Sant directed that film too, yeah. so it's a great director behind the cameras for well. sure. 
Uh, yeah, so Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon are huge, and they they just they're just executive produce as well too. A City on a Hill. Yeah, you which watched I, the first episode. I watched right? the first half of the first episode. Okay, so I didn't finish it. It just uh, it's starting with Kevin Bacon. It takes place in Boston in the seventies. Okay, um, so I wasn't feeling too much, but I I need to give it a, a proper watch when I'm not super tired and <clears throat> yeah, when I'm in the mood for it. That's really all that it is. Um, I mean, I think the biggest ones to us where we, you and I, really started to pay attention to directing or, I guess, creative the two duos. Names at the end, yeah, the creative duos. Lord Miller, Lord Miller. So Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who have been in the game for so much longer than I thought they were. Yeah. Came out of nowhere, surprises with Twenty One Jump Street, which is one of my absolute favorite comedies. Their first live action film, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, uh, you know, what's funny? I actually saw Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs in theaters, right? And I liked it. I was like, oh, this is a good movie. But again, their name didn't register to me at all. No, like, not to at me, all, it was because here's the thing: animated films typically do have multiple directors on them. Yeah, for sure. Look at Into the Spider Verse had three directors on yeah. it. Yeah, right? you look at Brave that also had two or three directors on it too. Yep. Um, so I, I, it didn't, their name didn't catch me at all. And then when I saw 21 Jump Street, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are amazing. Then 22 Jump Street comes out and they kill it again. And now these guys are literally the hottest ticket that like you, everybody wants a piece of them. They're literally, yeah. Like they're, they're like, that's why they were called up to do solo. That's why yeah. they worked on the flash script. Like they are the directing duo. They're the creative team right now that I feel like everybody in, in Hollywood wants to yeah. work with them right yeah for better or for worse yeah right um you we, we even seen like with game night also directed by two directors yeah um that feels very like lord miller yeah ask that movie right 21 jump street i feel like is a movie that we quote every single day oh I you know I mean? what, what do they yeah. say about covalent bonds at this school right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a great movie 22 jump street into the spider-verse which they produced yeah and they finally they got their oscars for which i was so, so happy lord one of my favorite film one of my favorite Oscar moments, right? And then and they both produced it, which is great. So they both got their Oscars, yeah. right? I was in New York City when that Oscars was happening, and I was in a bar watching the Oscars because I I, mean, I can't miss it. And as soon as they won the Oscar for that, I started cheering so loud. I was so happy for that moment because it's it's what I waited for. It was like that one Oscar moment on top of. You know, Leo winning that I was really excited. It's for. so funny because, like, even w- when you look at their careers too, like, obviously they started off in like animation, yeah. right? Um, they were the directors of Brooklyn Nine Nine, the first episode, right? Yeah. They helped bring that show to screen. Um, they wrote with the Lonely Islands, Extreme Movie. Do you remember Extreme Movie? Oh they were they wrote <laughs> one of the writers of Extreme Movie, which I saw in theaters. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but it's just it's just crazy that like where they started and where they are now. Um, right after Extreme Movie, they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. So they, they literally just turned it around right there, Full, right? Full, yeah, 180. Um, but then also, let's not, let's not forget about the fact that they did the Lego Movie, a movie that people were like, why is this being made? Yeah. No one wanted a Lego Nobody movie. Nobody wanted a Lego Movie. It, it seemed like such a commercialism like consumerism kind of movie and the movie was in the same vein as 21 jump street and 20 jump street. it was so self-aware yeah so funny nobody does that better than them that no. self-aware that humor meta humor is so good and they they just nail it they and they i just i can't wait to see more live action movies from them because have they only ever directed 21 22 jump street and then half of solo yeah, really. For live action films? For live action which is, films? In, which is insane to think that, right? Yeah. 
But they're they're such a great team together, and and you could tell like the way they talk in interviews that they just have such a great shorthand with one another. They also did. um, They just just know what each other's going next. Yeah, they also did. um, They they had had a show that they created as well called Last Man on Earth. Yeah, with Will Forte. With Will Forte, such a funny show. Two episodes of that, and I and I watched the first season, and I yeah, again, really hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So again, they're a they're a duo that I love, and their next film is called Last Human, which. I mean, it's been announced. Let's see how far into production yeah. it gets. But hopefully, hopefully, we will definitely be here to talk about it. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Uh, what's another one that we love, or should I throw one out for throw you? Throw one out. I want to throw it. Here it comes. Oh, got it. And it says the Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. Yeah. Now they're an interesting duo. So again, I, I watched a lot of Community, which yeah. I, which I've told you about. And seeing their name pop up again, one of those things that just didn't pay attention to. And then I remember, I remember when I watched um, Winter Soldier, which mm-hmm. is really their first foray into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yep. and seeing um, Danny Pudi's uh, Abed character yep. in the the sequence of the movie, I was like, wait, hold on, wow, he's in this movie? And then only after that I realized how heavily invested they were in right. Community. They directed and wrote some of the best episodes of that show. Right. Um, which you definitely have to watch. We have to watch. I got. I got to start it, man. I got to start it um, properly. I've watched season one, but I need to. I need to go back into it because properly watch ago, it. Right? Yeah, and they're they're just so good, man. They're all, again like when you when you look at their body of work in the MCU, you got Winter Soldier, Civil War, um, Infinity War, and Endgame. Arguably the biggest movies, not just in the MCU but in movie history. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they helm those movies to perfection. There's not, there's no fat in those movies. They no. just, they just clearly executed it like incredibly well done. Yeah. Um. And their their commentaries are really fun to listen to. If you oh, ever yeah. listen to their, speaking of commentaries, you probably probably should have said for Phil Lord and Chris Miller as well. Hilarious commentaries. Oh, Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump Street. Their Lego commentaries. Lego movie. So funny. So definitely, if you have the opportunity to ever watch movies with commentary, do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but going back to the Rooster Brothers, um, it's crazy to see they've been in they've been in the game for a really long time. They've done they've done work on so many movies and so many shows, and they're now totally changing gears. And they're working with Tom Holland on like a an opioid uh, addiction film, which is coming out next year. Yeah, where he's like where Tom Holland is like a, a soldier. Yeah. Um. So to be able to go from like the biggest movie of all time to a smaller drama piece like that, I think that's so cool that they could do that. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna throw another one out there that's a, a bit interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. Okay, so I know Roland Emmerich. Yeah, Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow. Um, Dean Devlin is actually he's he's one of his main writers. So okay, uh, they did Universal Soldier together. He wrote the screenplay. Um, and Roland Emmerich was also one of the writers in the yep. screenplay and then directed the film. Stargate, Independence Day was a Dean Devlin and... Um, Damn, uh, so they've just been together for a long time. Godzilla. And, oh, uh, yeah. 1999's Godzilla? Pretty much so. Or 98? <clears throat> yeah, pretty much so. And then they came back together for Independence Day Resurgence. And then uh, Dean Devlin wrote and I think directed Geostorm. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, he they love they well. love those disaster movies. They love and and they loved working together too. They were such big names in the nineties with each other. Because I remember when uh, Independence Day was coming out, like you were hearing like Dean Devlin, Dean Devlin. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, that's really wicked. So this is they they are a very interesting duo, I guess you could say. For sure. Yeah, they did a lot of their disaster movies together. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a comedy duo that I absolutely love. Tell me. 
Simon Pegg and yeah. Nick Frost. Love it. So obviously they're very well known for their Edgar Wright films, yeah. Shaun of the uh, Shaun Dead, of the Dead uh, Hot Fuzz, um, The World's, World's End. End. Uh, but they've also been behind so many other movies. They did uh, Paul. Paul, um, Paul was a uh, with interesting one with Seth um, Rogen. With Seth Rogen, yeah. Weird movie, but weird movie. Uh, the Cornetto trilogy, which is the the Edgar yeah. Wright films that we love. Do you have a favorite of the trilogy? Yes. What is it? Hot Fuzz. Why is that? It to me was um, the first one that I watched out of the Cornetto trilogy. What? Yeah. And I loved it. Like I went back and revisited um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And then I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim yeah. again because I was like. Holy crap! This is amazing. Yeah. This is so funny. It, like British humor always kind of kind of goes over my head a little bit, right. but it stuck with me so well. I got you. I love I love it. And those are movies that um, were such like instrumental parts of like growing up for me. Just because, and I think um, eighth grade and in high school things like that. Like those are the movies that a lot of my friends were watching, and so many friend my friends loved like British like. Shows and stuff like that. So what I always watch. What kind of school did you go to? I, just, I went to school in England. I went to Mr. Puppington's uh, uh, <laughs> Tea Time Elementary. <laughs> what do you ask? Uh, it's funny. You should say. I should tell you right now. Yes. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I love those movies, and especially I, I think Hot Fuzz for me is is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just because the chemistry that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have on screen is just it's so good. They play off each other so, so well. well. Um, I also love The World's End. I think The World's End. Is a movie that it kind of gets forgot about sometimes, yeah. Uh, but it's just such a funny and well done movie, and it's so funny when you watch. Uh, I feel like anytime you watch like a British film, every single person who's ever been in Harry Potter shows up. Yeah, it's, it, it's just funny that like you watch it and I'm like, wow, they literally just took everybody who's in Love Actually and everybody who's in an Edgar Wright movie and put them in roles, even in, in like a, like a Guy Ritchie or a Matthew Vaughn film, yeah, like, they, like a Layer Cake, like it's got half the cast of Harry Potter. Yeah, they, they they just all pop up. It's so good, but yeah, I mean Edgar Wright, I feel like is one of those uh, is one of those directors that I feel like his best movies are still to come. Yes. Like, and he's made amazing films. I think he's only going to have even better movies in his repertoire coming yeah. online and. Hopefully, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are part of that because they are just awesome. They're an awesome team working together. I 100% agree with you. Uh, the The directing and writing duos are they're a lot of fun yeah. because, I mean, for us, you and I working together, we can bounce off ideas and just kind of get to something that's even more special. Right. Um, f- for directors that, you know, work by themselves, that's it's amazing. That's such a talent that you have. For sure, that you have a vision and you can <clears> stick <throat> to that. Like, and just, and just kind of carry you know? that weight. Uh, Christopher Nolan is somebody who comes to mind who obviously he's my favorite director uh, but he is if you look at every single one of his movies produced by Emma Thomas Th- Thomas who is his wife yeah um, but they are a team together who when you look at a film like Dunkirk and Dark Knight and Interstellar they are part of that that machine of making that movie yeah. and I and I love I love watching people collaborate I absolutely love that it's true yeah yeah do you have anyone else you want to throw out I'm trying to think of. I mean, like I look back at like <clears throat> as actors and producers, like yeah, Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner. Yep, they they were always working together from Mission Impossible down to whatever else they make, mm-hmm. and uh, they have their production company, Cruise Wagner. It's true. Yeah, it's funny because like when we when we first started kind of conceiving this idea, right? We were kind of thinking of it like just people who these any two people that kind of work together. So, which I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the topic, like Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, or Robert De Niro and Scorsese, but I feel like that's 
such a topic within itself. Yeah. Um, but let's, I want to ask you guys, like, to you listening, do you have a favorite filmmaking duo? Like, do you have any two creators that you love watching them collaborate with one another? And you know what? For this week, I'm opening it up to whatever genre of art you want to talk about. So if you have a filmmaking duo or music duo, uh, anything, just let us know. Has to be a duo though. Has you to come be a at duo. us with three? Nah, it is a here. trio. This ain't a quartet. This is a duo. Son. What's uh, what's five? Uh, uh, Penta, it's, like, it's a it's a quinceanera. <laughs> Where I'm and, playing uh, my sousaphone. You play your sousaphone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but please write into this time with dot com slash talk and let us know. And We'd if you have something you. that you want us to talk about, if you want us to dive into a topic or dive into something that really tickles your funny bone, yeah, yeah, let us know because we'd love to dissect something or really go into, you know, different movie topics out there. Definitely, you know where to find us this time with on all social media platforms. You can find everything. Us. Uh, you can MySpace, <laughs> High Five, uh, Harvard, Harvard.edu. T dot wire, <laughs> T dot wire <laughs> on LimeWire as well. Lime you can download wire. this episode on Kazaa, Asian Avenue, uh, everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, you can find me at DBAPS across all social media as well too. You can find Shay at Shay Baz, S H A Y H B A Z, yeah, or Z. No, if well, you're, if you're from the Americas, if you're from the Americas, or whatever. Sure. Uh, oh gosh, Shay's gonna do his accent again. Nah. Um, yeah. Thank you for letting us do this. We absolutely love doing the show. Uh, if you want to be part of it, again, thistimewith.com slash talk. Please rate us on iTunes because that helps us a lot to show up on New and Noteworthy so we could build our fan base and we could build our community because that's what this is all about. We love yeah. talking to you guys. We love movies and we love talking to you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week, maybe with Anthony. We'll see. We'll see if we let him in. <sighs> I mean, vacation lasted only so long, right? You know, our, this is a, You mean our vacation. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, our vacation. Uh, that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.